It's the Lunch Break Hot Take starring Jose and Brad. Good stuff to say after we hit the record button. I, I just hit the record button. <laughs> so we can, you know, we can start whenever. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. What's going on, lunch breakers and takers? This is another episode of the Lunch Break Hot Take. I am Jose. And I am Brodney. And we got with us today a special guest. He is a former Maryland State High School champion, current president of the Towson University Boxing Club, undefeated amateur boxer, Sadiq Furet. What's up? What's up? Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. We actually brought him on because he's also a uh, avid MMA fan. And we want to discuss some two events that that happened this past week in the UFC. So he's going to be our MMA expert for today. Let's uh let's get into it. So Sadiq, what do you want to discuss first? Uh, we can talk about the Ferguson Gaethje fight happened on Saturday. Okay. That was a pretty big card. All right. And, uh, I talked a little bit with Ronnie about it, but uh, a lot of a lot of big things happened on that card. I mean, first Ferguson lost. You know, he was on a twelve fight winning streak, uh, longest win. I think it was the longest winning streak in the UFC at the time. Gaethje, I mean, he really put it on him, beat him up pretty bad. Finished him in the fifth round. But yeah, it was a it's a very interesting fight, and now it just changed the whole lightweight picture because Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib for the for the title, mm. and uh, instead of waiting for that title shot, he decided to fight Gaethje. It was it was a huge risk, right? And uh, end up not paying out for him. So now he's you know beat up, and now he has to wait and recover and wait and see what the UFC has in store for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a unnecessary risk because what was the reward for beating Gaethje? You know, nothing. right? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, because it's crazy because he had the interim title and then the UFC stripped him after he got injured, and then they offered him. I mean, he ended up he he they stripped him. He fought Cerrone and I think Pettis, just regular fights, and then now they gave him another opportunity to uh, fight for the belt, which they stripped him of against Gaethje. So it doesn't really make any sense. You know, I actually was watching an interview earlier. One of Ferguson's coaches was talking about how he had got screwed over in the past for not taking fights like this. So that's kind of why he took it because he didn't want them to just make Gaethje and Khabib or Connor and Khabib or whatever for the title and then him not getting a title shot. But right. Right. It's a, it just, it's very interesting, you know, fight politics. Yeah, that's that's Dana politics. We're gonna talk about Dana later on in the show, man. I, this this is one of the problems I have with Dana White, man. Like he's a fanboy trying to run an organization, you know. Mm-hmm. So I heard on Twitter that Connor called out Gaethje. He wants a shot at him. Do you think they'll try to set that fight up before Khabib? I hope not, because you know it just it wouldn't make much sense. You know, Connor he hasn't fought in lightweight in like what three four years. Right. You know, his last fight was at welterweight against uh, Cerrone, but it wouldn't make much sense. I, I hope they don't do that. You know, it would really screw Justin Gaethje over. You know, he now, just won the interim belt, and then they're going to pass him over for the money fight. So. You say it won't make sense, but money-wise, I think it makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah Connor is the money fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, no, nobody care about Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go as far to say that. I mean, it's, it's the truth. Like, look, we're not talking about who the best fighter is. Like, you know, USC fans recognize Khabib, right? But that's really a small group. When you're talking about really selling fights, you want to go over like a million pay-per-view buyers. Connor is the only one that's pulling those, those numbers. It's not Khabib. You know, yeah. we would say nobody cares. We're talking about casual fans. Casual fans don't know who Khabib is. Even after beating down Connor, it's just like it didn't mean anything. Connor's still the draw. So, of course, you know, they're going to try to have Connor featured as much as possible. So, if he's calling them out, I think they'll try to set it up. I mean, again, like I said, Dana's a fanboy. So, Dana's going to do it just because he wants to see Connor. You know? mm-hmm. It might happen, you know, and obviously, you know, I'd be a little upset. And then after a couple of minutes of being upset, I'll be excited for the fight. But it just, as far as the title picture goes, it wouldn't make much sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what I think they should do is have McGregor fight either fight Tony maybe later, you know, in the year mm. when he's healthy. And then Khabib and Gaethje and the winners of those two fights fight each other for the belt. Yeah. That'll make a little more sense. I think that'll make the eventual title fight down the line even more meaningful, you know, because both of them are coming off, you know, wins. Because if McGregor wins, he'll look even better going into a fight with Khabib if he wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but UFC doesn't really uh, operate that way. They don't think down the line from, from what I've seen, you know? They yeah. don't take the time to, to really build up super fights. It's just whatever the fans want to see, let's make that right now, you know, no matter what. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think that, that's a part of why, you know, at least for me personally, I don't, I don't have the same level of excitement for UFC events that I, that I normally do for boxing. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's just hard because, you know, in UFC, people get injured all the time. You never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, you're right. They kind of want to just – what's there, what's available, they just make that fight and then see what happens down the line. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to happen. Like, down the line, Ferguson can get injured, Khabib can get injured, and then that fight might not even be there. So, yeah, they play, like, you know, the, the short game, I guess. But – uh. What do you guys think? Ferguson, he actually cut weight twice. He cut weight when he was supposed to fight Khabib in April. And then he cut weight again for this fight. And some people were saying, like, that that affected his performance, you know, cutting all that weight twice in a month. Of course. Which, yeah, it it didn't make much sense to me. Again, that's another problem I have with Emma. Well, I can't say Emma. I have a problem with with UFC because they did. That's the same thing that happened with Conor, right? When he he fought um, one of the Diaz brothers, right? Well, I mean, not the same thing. Like, he moved up he moved two up. weight classes to yeah, fight. Yeah. To fight but, I mean, it's, it's the same issue. It's a weight issue, right? Like, yeah. he was initially supposed to fight somebody, and that fight got canceled, right? Or, or that person dropped out or whatever. Yeah, he, he, got, he got hurt, if I, if I recall. What's he talking about is the, the well-known fact that, that Ferguson is an idiot. And <laughs> he, just, he decided to, to cut weight to show that he made the weight. And then he put weight back on, and then he had to cut weight again for the actual fight. Oh, so yeah. he put himself through the, the, the weight cutting two times. Yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah. would you do that? Well, the same reason that you would, what, what was it? He kicked a metal pole or something and, and, and injured his knee the last time he was supposed to fight Khabib. He's just a dumb guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. But I know they, they're, they're asking Gage, and he was like, I can't speak for Ferguson, but it would affect him if he did it. Mm. And, uh, I don't know, and it, it it showed Ferguson. He didn't look himself in the fight. He looked slow, like 
he wasn't his the usual rhythm that he usually has in his fights. Maybe it's because there's no crowd, which you know that it was a big impact on a lot of fighters. Well, but no, it's it's, it's not your natural know. weight. You know, it's the same thing that happened with Cyborg, right? I mean, Cyborg had to cut a lot of weight. It's not her natural weight that made her weaker. And look, yeah, and, and Ferguson can't say anything. I mean, he did that to himself. So, yeah, that's true. Well, so the other fight was um, Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. What's your take on that fight? Um, I didn't really like the matchup. You know, Cruz was – this is the first time he fought. He's fighting in three years. Yeah. And uh, Cejudo, I liked him coming up, you know, when he beat Johnson and then he went up to beat a – no, when Dillashaw came down and uh, Cejudo knocked him out. Yeah. You know, I, I was pretty high on him. I thought he was pretty – he proven everyone wrong. He had that little cringe thing that he was playing that it was working for him. Yeah. But then after that, he started calling out all the, like, the big names in the weight class. Not necessarily, like, the contenders, just big names looking for a money fight. Sure. He was calling out, like, Aldo and Cruz and Faber. So then they made this fight. I kind of – I didn't really expect much from Cruz. You know, he was moving around a lot in the first few rounds. And so it was, like, chopping at his legs. And then I think it was the second or third round. So Hudo, like, rocked him with the knee and dropped him. and then. He was only he was finishing him. It was like two seconds left, and the ref called it. And then Cruz was upset. Obviously, he thought it was a bad stoppage. I don't really think it was that bad of a stoppage. Yes, there was two seconds left, but it wasn't looking good for Cruz. I think right. he just probably would have got finished in the next round. But so Cruz was going off on the referee, saying he smelled like alcohol and all this stuff. But it wasn't a good fight. It wasn't a good matchup from the beginning. Mm. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, smelling like alcohol is really something you should probably bring up at the start of the fight, not just when it doesn't go your way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so after that fight, uh, Cejudo announced that he was retiring. Yeah, it was a pretty big surprise. I wasn't expecting it, but uh, it, it kind of sucks because I still wanted him to see – I still wanted to see him against, like, the contenders in the division, like the guys that earn – I felt they earned the title shot. So I, I figured, all right, he got a decent payday with Cruz, and maybe he'll fight, you know. This, there's this guy, his name is uh, Peter Pintier. Uh, that might be wrong, but it's this Russian guy, Peter Yer, I think. But he's one of the top contenders. There's another guy, Aljamain Sterling, another top contender. But obviously these guys aren't big names, so yeah. they didn't really have that much uh, say. Yeah, and, you know, also I think, you know, Cejudo got to the point where, look, you know, he's fought for a while, and – he reached the pinnacle and, and he's looking at, at his uh, bank accounts like, yeah, I want to make some more money. And yeah. if I can't get big pay-per-view uh, draws and you know, I'm not making, making a lot of money, it does, doesn't make sense for me to keep fighting these guys and not making anything. I think that kind of played into his reason for retiring. Yeah, I think so too. But I just, you know, when you win the belt, I kinda, you want to see the champion hold the belt, defend it against the contender the way a champion should. So. Sure. That's the only thing I'd, I'd knock him for. Just, he was calling out just some money fights, not really giving the, the fires in, in his division like a fair shake and getting them a title shot. Right, right. But, yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, it is a business. Like, this is their, yeah. their profession. You know, he beat, he beat Demetrius Johnson, who arguably the best fighter ever. He yeah. beat mm-hmm. Dillashaw, huge name, or big name anyway. Dominic yeah. Cruz was a big name. You know, and, and, and if you're still not seeing huge returns on that. Like the, the, the thing with the UFC is there's a lot of really talented fighters. 
you know, throughout the UFC, a lot of them. Yeah. But they don't build up any of those fighters. So there's no, you know, there, there's no reward for, for, for putting your belt on the line and, and your health on the line against those guys. Yeah. You, you jump in the ring with somebody who's maybe they're, they're the number one contender and, you know, you're making six figures or low seven figures and you lose, that's it. Whereas in boxing, you get to the point where you're making a lot of money for every fight, no matter who you're going against. And so, yeah, you know, it, it makes a bit more sense to, to take risks in boxing if that's what you're about. Yeah, which that's a problem. I mean, the UFC doesn't pay their fighters, so that's, that's why this problem happens, you know. As soon as they, they try their best to become a draw, guys like Covington, who they play that character just to get more, more butts in the seats. But yeah, they just pay their fighters, then, you know, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I, I think we're going to see that come, coming from Khabib pretty soon, too. He was driven to, to be the best and, and to take down Connor, you know, it was personal for him. And he did that. He, he beat him down. He, he's the guy. But that notoriety isn't there for him like it is for Connor. Mm-hmm. And I've heard him comment on that before. I, you know, I, I heard him make comments about, you know, wanting to fight or, or at least his, you know, it, it was his camp that put it out there that he, he wanted to do a fight with Mayweather. Like, you know, he wanted to do the Connor thing. Yeah. Well, that's because, okay, I beat Connor. I'm looking at my checks. He still got a lot more money than I did. The next fight that I'm doing is still only a fraction of what Connor was making. Like, where's the money? All right, let me go, let me go put my name out there. Let me go fight Mayweather. But Mayweather's not interested in fighting you because nobody knows who you are. Yeah. You he know? was trying to get a fight with uh, GSP for a while, like a super fight with him. But yeah, sure. it, it didn't really pan out. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, he, Khabib's a great fighter, and he, he wants to showcase his skills, but that's the problem with USC. They don't promote their fighters. Khabib should be huge. He should yeah. be huge. But, you know, the, the fact is that uh, the casual fan doesn't know who he is. Mm. And I think it'll get to the point where he might do a couple more fights, and if he doesn't really see a big payday, he'll call it a career. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired within the next, like, two years or so because he actually – even though he's supposed to fight later in this year, I know uh, his father is having some like health problems. Like oh, okay. he was in a in a coma because at first they were saying he wanted to fight in July, but now he's pushing it back to like September because uh, obviously his father's having some issues. Right, right, all right. So let's go over uh, the bantamweight division. You know, now that Cejudo's retired, Sadiq, what do you see moving forward from the bantamweight division? So, yeah, the, the two guys I mentioned earlier, Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan, I want to say his name is. But yeah. um, those are the top two guys that need to be fighting for the title. So they should they should fight for the vacant title probably later this year. Um, I'll probably see Peter winning that fight. I mean, he looks great. All his fights, he's undefeated in the UFC, and he's been on the tear. So uh, it's a great matchup. I hope they do that later in this year. But they'll do that fight, have a new champion, and then go from there. But – and that's that's what the future of the division is looking like. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that because I'm gonna be honest, I don't know those other guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know Jose Aldo, and I know he's lost yeah, his last two fights, so I don't know why he's ranked third on here. I don't know. He was he he was slated to fight Cejudo until Aldo got injured, and then they brought in Cruz. So well, I mean, lucky it's Aldo. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. All right, so let's move on to uh, Francis Ngannou. Yeah, man, I guess it's a scary man right there. He's a, 
you know, he came in, the guy, I don't know how to say his, his last name. I think it's like Rosenstirk. Um, but he called him out. He called Nganu out. They didn't want to fight him. Nganu said, let's go. And then the fight lasted 20 seconds. Yeah. 20 seconds. And uh, Nganu, he's a beast. He's just proven, once again, like he's a, a top contender right now in the division, which that's why going back to we're talking about Dana White <clears throat> and how he doesn't really make any sense because, you know, with the situation with at lightweight, you know, Ferguson gets injured. Yeah. And they strip him immediately to get the division going versus the heavyweight division where Cormier and uh, Miocic, they fought like two years ago. And uh, they haven't been, there hasn't been a title fight since the heavyweight division for, for no reason. Well, listen, I mean, despite, despite the claim you just made, Nganu, I, I would not call a beast. He's, he's, <laughs> huh? he's strong. He's strong. I'll give him that. But, I mean, he, he did have a title shot. What, what happened? He, he lost. He got whooped. He got he schooled because he's, he's not a top-tier top tier professional fighter. I wouldn't say that. I mean, that was early in his career. You know, he even said it himself that he didn't even train on the ground leading up to the fight. He just trained striking. So, I don't think it'd go any differently. Like, if you fought Stipe or Cormier, I don't think he'd win that fight. His best chance is that first twenty seconds, but you know he's he's done like a five fight winning streak, and he's been in the octagon for like a total of like two minutes in those five fights. So. Yeah, but you, you you know who you say that about that their their best shot is in the first twenty seconds? Guys who can't really fight that that's that's Deontay Wilder. You know, yeah, he's he's got a he's got a nuclear warhead on the end of his hand on the end of his arm, but he doesn't have any skill. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, this so, guy that Ngannou just fought, he panicked and just backed straight up immediately. Yeah, he didn't even try. I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. You call him out and you don't even try to mix it up with the dude. Like, you know what Ngannou's about, right? You didn't prepare for it? Yeah. He probably looks a lot bigger in person, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, Ngannou's huge. He's huge. You saw the picture, the video of him, like, lifting up uh, Shaq like it was nothing? <laughs> I didn't see that. Like they were, I think Shaq was. They were hanging out at the, the UFC PI, their like performance institute. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Ganu, they were just talking, and Ganu just picks him up, you know, like over his shoulder and just drops him, mm. like, like he was nothing. Yeah, no. But, he, uh, he's a he's a frightening human being, but you know, you gotta. <laughs> I would have expected a different reaction from a, a UFC heavyweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I think, like I said, it, it doesn't make sense. They need to get that, you know, the title picture going. They need to get a title fight. They're like Cormier. He said he he, he only wants one more fight, and he's gonna retire. And they're trying to make that trilogy fight happen with uh, Stipe, but yeah, it's, it happened like two years ago. Like at this point, no one really wants to see a rematch. No. So I don't know. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. But uh, now I don't know. It's weird. John Jones said he wants to fight Ngannou now, and Cormier said he wants to fight him. So maybe maybe something will happen down the line. Is John Jones still a? Uh... A free American citizen? <laughs> like, what are we? Is he, is he gonna be back? I don't know. I guess they're giving him cell phones wherever he's locked up at. It's, it's all well see. and good to want to fight somebody. I mean, I, yeah, I, I bet you want to fight anybody if the alternative is going to jail. <laughs> what was it? D, he got DUI. He got DUI, and then he was charged with like firing his firearm 
Oh my! Like, God. I think he was like shooting in the air or something like that. Yeah, he was he was drunk just firing his gun somewhere. Mm. Yeah. It sucks, man. John Jones is. I mean, that's a generational talent. He's a generational talent, but man, he can't get his life together. I hate it. Yeah, there's a there's this YouTuber called uh, Mind Smash, and he like he's an MMA fan. He makes videos where he analyzes like, fighters and fights. But he does it like in a like philosophical. That's not a word. Like philosophical <laughs> way. <laughs> philosophical way. <laughs> but uh, he he was talking about John Jones and. You know, he was like, that's kind of the... That is Towson University, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I corrected myself. But he, he was just talking about how John Jones, like, that's like the cost of his talent, like, his great talent. He has that, but on the opposite spectrum of that is, like, his impulsiveness and the way he, like, can't really control himself. But uh, it's interesting. He has an interesting page. You know, he, he offers, like, a different look at, like, fighters. Right, like, fight. right. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping he gets his, his stuff together. You know, he's a, arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Whoa. I remember arguably. back in the day when uh, you told me that's was trash. <laughs> <laughs> arguably. That's why I added that. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> <laughs> but not Sadiq. <laughs> I, I always have to go with my man GSP on that one. For the greatest of all time. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know how much of the fight cards you watched, but it was weird. I mean, with no 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 fans, no audience, like the walkouts was weird. Apparently, like they had all the fighters in their own rooms. Uh, when they came out, obviously it's just dead silent. But you hear like the announcer, he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen," and then once he's finished announcing, it's just, like dead quiet. You just hear the people like walking around and breathing. One thing, since from the interviews I've seen, a lot of fighters they were saying like. They actually like it. They prefer it because they can hear their coaches like really like, crystal clear, so they know what they're doing. But uh, it's just interesting. It, it was. Yeah, great. I mean, it, it reminded me of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like, as a viewer, for me, it wasn't that odd because I watched a lot of Ultimate Fighter, and that's how all the, their fights are. But mm. you know, just for for a, a big time professional event, for sure, like to have just no no noise at all. It is strange. And the, the energy was weird, like, watching it. Without the crowd, you know, pe- there's, like, knockdowns, and you kind of go based off, like, the announcers, you know, reacting to it. But other than yeah. that, it's just dead silence. Yeah. But it's funny. Some of the fighters, they're actually saying that they uh, they listened to uh, – because Daniel Cormier, he commentated on both of these events. And uh, they were saying, like – because he was doing, like, technical, you know, advice towards them. And uh, – he said they, they two fighters credited him for their win because they listened, they heard what he was saying, and then they like you know adjusted and won the fight. Yeah, yeah, which makes me wonder uh, what were the coaches telling them? Yeah, yeah well, w- one of those guys was Greg Hardy, so his coaches weren't telling him nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always listen to that man in um in uh, MMA fights and, and in boxing matches. I tell B this all the time. Like I always want to hear what the corner says when it get back when they get back to the corner in between rounds. Because mm-hmm. that tells me all I need to know about, like, you know, how this fighter's being trained, yeah. how prepared he is. Because certain cor- certain corners, they're telling them exactly what's going on, what they need to do. And I'm like, okay, he's, getting, he's receiving good instruction. Other fights, they're not saying anything. And I'm like, man, this guy needs to dump this team. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. You can hear, like, some, some corners, they, they panic and they don't know what to do. So you can yeah. hear in the corner, like, you know, panicking, and then their fighter might get panicked and doesn't really help them. But right, but yeah, you guys uh, 
should have seen the, the main event last night. I mean, it was it was bad. It was Anthony Smith and uh, Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know those guys. They yeah, both fought. Yeah. They both got whooped by John Jones not too long ago. Yeah, that, that's how we know. <laughs> Yeah, because he refused to uh, he refused to take the disqualification win because he didn't want his daughters to learn how to quit or something. I, I don't know, but they're still poor, so I guess that was that wasn't a good move. Like he could have easily done that. That the rematch got the payday from being a champion in the paper. Right. But that's 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 an example of not understanding that this is a business, right? Yeah. Dana White sells a lot of these fighters on you know being a warrior warrior mentality and you know doing this for the love and you know this and that that's why that's why you know they don't get paid but it's later on in their careers when they look back and be like man i've had my head kicked in i've had a couple surgeries you know what i'm saying my ears are ringing and what do i have to show for it that's when they understand like if i could go back again you know i I, i'd do it completely different he absolutely should have taken that disqualification and then set up a rematch make more money yeah but um, it was bad because, like, Cormier, he actually, like, foreshadowed it because in the first two rounds, Smith was lighting Teixeira up, like, throwing, like, a ton of punches, yeah. you know, jabs, crosses, front kicks. And he was looking, like, really good. And then towards, like, the middle, towards the end of, like, the second round, Cormier was like, oh, he's, he's going to gas himself out. He's listened to his coaches too much because, like, his coaches were just talking, like, nonstop, do this, do this, do this. And then Smith was just – following directions you know just right. firing shots and then third round he gasses out and then he gets beat bad like it was bad to share it knocked him down i think he like he broke his like eye socket with one punch mm. and after that the fight should have been over and that was in the third round yeah and the ref let them continue up until like the fifth round and at one point literally at one point smith's tooth gets knocked out and he picks it up and gives it to the ref while he's like getting beat up like, yeah, he, he was, was he was out for about the last I don't say ten minutes of that fight from around three and a half or so minutes left in the third until it mm-hmm. finally got stopped in the fifth. Like he he was barely even defending himself, and I mean he was just getting beat on. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch honestly. I mean, but it's it's weird. I mean, you you never see those type of beatdowns in boxing. Like people they have no problem throwing the towel in, but in, in the right, right, in MMA, yeah, in the UFC, it's like. It's a different. Like, that's why you're saying like the warrior mentality that Dana kind of like pushes on his fighters. So yeah. it, it was just bad. To, it was hard to. It was hard to watch. And and it's funny. It's yeah, ironic I mean, because. I'm saying it's ironic. Yeah, he pushes that mentality onto them, but Dana's never been a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's it's crazy how how much they listen to him. Like I, I, you know, I understand you run everything, but like I wouldn't in terms of stepping in there and, and being a fighter, I wouldn't take anything he says seriously. Mm-hmm. And they tell you. Oscar will not let you forget that Dana has never been a fighter. Oh, we're going to talk about Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know that Dana has never fought, Oscar will find you and let you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's talk about it. So um, last week before the, uh, the pay-per-view event, Oscar De La Hoya sent out a, a tweet basically letting Dana know that he's, he's, he's never stepped in the ring He's a hashtag little bitch, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, Dana, who's usually a very uh, opinionated and, and always has something to say, didn't have much to say. Yeah, he said he wasn't even going to respond to that. 
Yeah, I bet he wasn't going to respond because there's only one way to respond to that, and that's not the way he's going to respond. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really pay attention to like the Twitter, the Twitter wars or whatever between De La Hoya and his fighters. I mean, it's just just to get you know publicity. That's all. Sure. That's all. Um, I do pay attention to it because me and B have talked about it. I I think De La Hoya. De La Hoya has already shown shown us that he's he's at least considering getting into the MMA business. He dipped his toe into it a little bit, setting up that pay-per-view event, right? Mm-hmm. Dana didn't like that, you know, criticized that, and that. That's where the beef is coming from now. But I think De La Hoya, De, De La Hoya has made the comment before that he could do it. He could do a better job than Dana. I believe he can. I believe he can yeah. do it. And I think he's kind of flirting around with that idea, and I think he should. Yeah. I don't know how. I, I think with the young, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't really know if, he can really get like a a major promotion going though. Why not? He might have because all the fighters are either at Bellator or UFC. I don't really think, especially with his uh, fight card with uh, Liddell, I don't think he really that really showed you know m- much promise for fighters to leave and join his promotion. You know, he just got two washed up fighters and some. He reignited some uh, old trilogy. I just don't think. I don't really see how he would make a promotion that would even compete with the UFC or even like Bellator. Money and healthcare is how. I mean, are, are, you, are you talking, City? Are you talking mm-hmm. about just in terms of drawing in a fan base or in terms of just drawing fighters? I, I mean, fighters, that's where the fan base would come from. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think he'd be able to. Because Bellator, yeah. Bellator's a good organization. I mean, they, they pay their fighters a lot more than UFC does. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, like, like, um, no, like we were saying, you know, he can pay him more money and offer some healthcare package. You know, those two things that UFC isn't really offering them. He doesn't have to get a whole fleet of fighters right out the gate. It wouldn't be hard to snatch a couple of these guys and give them a good payday, you know, and have some big names. Like Khabib, he could take Khabib, I'm sure. You know. Uh, I don't know about that. Why not? If Khabib's contract is coming up, if Khabib's contract is coming up and De La Hoya comes to you and says, comes to him and says, I'll give you a million dollars to do a fight. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he do that? Well, at the same time, you know, <clears throat> you want to be fighting the best fighters in the world. So, But he's the best fighter in the world. Them- <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, De La Hoya, yeah. look, I, I, I'll bring you, you know, I, you know, I'm going to grab you and I'm going to grab, you know, the, the next top, you know, top two fighters, the top three fighters. You know, I'm going to grab them and I'm going to pay them more than what Dana's paying them. Why wouldn't they do it? Well, and, and this is, again, what, what we were talking about, where the difference has to come from the UFC fighters realizing that this is their career and they're not actually gladiators. You know, they're not fighting for anything but themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that's, that's what Connor did. Connor said, hey, I'm not making enough money here for what I'm doing. And he got into, he got into the ring with Floyd made a ton of money like what does it matter if you're not fighting the best fighters in the world if you're getting paid like it like, yeah. that's what this is about mm, that's true but do you think like if he is he serious about doing it or he's just teasing it i know he did that that liddell card was like like two years ago a year a year and a half that was a little while ago yeah i mean i think he's he's just kind of exploring the idea i mean whether or not he ever actually makes a serious run at it. I mean, who knows? But yeah. I think, you know, it's a, it's a thing that he's probably thinking about. And him hating Dana White 
is not, not making him think less about it. Yeah, I think he could pull it off. I mean, look, Golden Boy Promotions, his his fights sell a lot more than USC fights do. You know, you look at Canelo. USC is never. I mean, USC doesn't do numbers like Canelo does, right? I mean, it, boxing like USC doesn't do better numbers than boxing in general, and he's a boxing promoter. Boxing promoters know how to sell a fight. And that's exactly what he can sell these UFC fighters on. Listen, I know how to build you up. I know how to make you a brand name. Dana can't do that. All right. And it only takes a handful. It only takes a handful of those fighters to, to walk away and say, yeah, I'm going to try this to spark a competition between the two of them. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting if, uh, if he did do that. You know, if it can really, if he can bring someone up and get them to that level on like with his, uh, his like format, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I mean, if he does, uh, that'd be, ah, I'd want to see it. That'd yeah. Be interesting. yeah. All right. So what else we got here? Uh, I mean, we covered pretty much the, the two fight cards. I mean, it was really the main event. Um, and those are, that was the only significant fight. There's so actually another, go ahead. There's, there's another fight card. This Saturday, actually. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask you what do they have coming up. Yeah, they have a uh, it's Overeem versus a uh, I want to say Walt Harris. Overeem still fights. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Surprising. There ain't he's, no retirement plan in the UFC. That's true. He's actually making pretty good money. Like he's he's making like six figures uh, a fight. Well, I mean, he's been fighting for fifty years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would hope he's making six figures. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't know who else is fighting on that, fighting on that card, but I'm, I'll probably still tune in. <laughs> Let's see. Here. Yeah, he's fighting Walt Harris. I'm trying to see if they have any other fights listed here, and I'm not seeing it. Hold on. But these three events are all in the same arena in Jacksonville, and then they're they're going to do Fight Island in the summer. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> dumbest, the dumbest thing. Yeah, I was reading an article and they were saying like, you know, like still some unanswered questions about, you know, the event and it being the first event back since this uh, pandemic every, uh, shut everything down. But they're saying like me, you never know because one fighter already tested positive for coronavirus. So, yeah, and he there's video of him fist bumping Dana White and then Dana White's in contact with all the other fighters. So. It could be, you never know, like a week from now, this can be like a, a big headline. You know, everyone is passing around the coronavirus from this event. But I don't know. We'll see. It's only time time will tell if this was a, a good decision. No, I think I think it's pretty clear it was a bad decision. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're rushing to put and putting people at risk for Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Right. And now, I mean, and the quality of fights is only going down from there. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's you're putting money in the UFC's pocket, and they don't care what happens to you. I mean, I see where Dana was going with it. I think Dana saw opportunity, right? Yeah. yeah. Every other sporting event isn't going on right now. Hey, if we get if we get this going, you know, all eyes will be on us, and this this could be huge for us. And the numbers came out, and it was one of their uh, one of their better recent pay-per-views i mean still wasn't you know they yeah. still didn't do a, a million but uh it's one is one of the one of the better ones and in his mind i'm sure he thinks it's worth it but long term nah, I, I don't think it was worth it 
I'll tell you one thing. This, th- these events haven't done anything to sway people who think it's just a blood sport. No. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, so, if anything, it was more violent. Like, yeah. ah, there were some brutal fights in that card. Like, especially the Anthony Smith fight, that was, that was really hard to watch. Yeah. Which, it's the ref, because the two people that are supposed to protect the fighter, the ref and their corner, they just, they weren't doing the job. They just, right. They, just, they kept sending them out there twice. At one point, Smith came back to the corner and said, my teeth are falling out. And then he, he's not saying stop the fight, but he's saying it. Yeah, he shouldn't, have to, he shouldn't have to say anything. They should be watching the fight and telling them, look, you're done. Yeah. You, you, you know, that's it. I, I know you don't, you don't want to throw in the towel, and I, I know you're a warrior, but we got to protect you. I don't think he would have had a problem with it. He, he probably wouldn't fight it. Well, yeah, His body mean, language, the whole mm-hmm. fight, you know, he can tell he didn't want to be in there. Yeah, if you're if you're an uh, athlete, like a serious athlete, they they it gets drilled into you from day one. Don't quit, no matter yeah. what. You don't quit any sport. So, I mean, I look at it like, hey, man, my teeth are falling out. Is him saying I want to quit? Yeah, please, yeah. please stop he, the he, fight he, for yeah. me. Yeah, hey, do something yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. It was it was tough to watch, and then even worse was Tashera and Smith. They had like kind of a friendship, you know. There was some story back in the day of Teixeira, like, helping Smith out in the airport, like, trying to find his flight or something in Brazil. So, at one point in the fight, like, Teixeira was on top of him. It was just, like, in the fifth round, like, after, like, two rounds of that, like, him beating on him. And he was, like, sorry. He apologized. He's, like, sorry. It's part of the game. And then Smith was, like, it is what it is. And then they just kept fighting. Yeah. Yeah. They understand that. Yeah, for sure. But, all right. I think we covered everything. We can wrap it up here. Sadiq, you want to put out any information where people can find you? It's on, yeah, Instagram's underscore Sadizzle, S-I-D-I-Z-Z-L-E. You guys can follow me on there. You can follow me, uh, follow our TU Boxing page at Towson Boxing Tigers. Um, yeah, those, that's where you can reach me. All right. Yeah, we're going to have you back on soon. Uh, maybe we'll come back next week and cover uh, the, the event from, from this weekend. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, B, you want to let the people know where to find us? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at LBHT Show. Check out our website at www.lbhtshow.com. And, you know, if you have any questions, comments, you can email us at lbhtshow at gmail.com. All right. That is it for episode 10. We will see well, you. Actually, uh, that's, that's not it. That's not it. Okay. <laughs> you always forget this part. Uh, Go ahead and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. You want to leave us that five-star review? Five. Five, not less than. Okay. <laughs> uh, I said it last week, I'll say it again. If, if you think it's less than five stars, you need to give it one more episode. Otherwise, go ahead and hit that five-star, leave us a review. Cool, cool. All right, guys, that's it for episode 10. We will see you in episode 11.